This episode of the Church District Podcast is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta. Offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Winter is coming, and energy usage for all Albertans will be increasing, so now is a great time to look at your utility bills and ensure you are on the best plan. Albertans have a choice who they pay their utility bills to. Park Power is happy to provide free, no obligation comparisons. If you decide to switch providers, it's super easy. And you can feel good knowing you are supporting a local business and helping to give back to our communities with your utilities bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Enjoy the show. Hey, fellas, we ain't gonna ever back down from nobody. I don't care who it is. This is a brotherhood. And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied. If one of us goes down, we have another, and another, and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang them, bang them, bang them. Somebody light me up. It's time to huddle up. Turf District Podcast. Welcome back to the Turf District, where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL. And we are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. And of course, we are also a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Andrew, and like I said, welcome back into the Turf District. We have got uh, a few things to talk about tonight. Uh, most excitedly, we get to talk about a Tuesday game. Oh, I know, right? Like Tuesdays. That was the part. That's the that's the perfect night for football, isn't it? Right. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we don't have any game to wrap up, so we brought on an amazing guest to talk to us about the game tomorrow night. Uh, but first, we'll join the regular crew. Of course, there is one and Mike. There can be only one. Ah, there it is. Senior, it is. senior Hantlers. Hantlers. <laughs> I know I had, to, I had to say it the right way. Yes, but, uh, or is it Hant, 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 Jantlers? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll ask. Uh, we'll go Jantlers? to CH and we'll ask. Yeah, Hantlers. It's got to be that. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Hantlers. How are you, super fan? Uh, you know, not bad, not bad. It's been a weird weekend watching some football, but uh, you know, we get to have a nice early start to this week, right? So that's true. I'll take it. That's true. Yes, I love your new light setup and all those things. Oh my goodness, very pretty, isn't it? I know. Now I'm jealous. I'm I have blinding, a whole new. But, uh... <laughs> I have a whole new. Thing. I just got lights in my face, but you know. Well, you know that. Oh, we try something new. You've always wanted to be in the center of the lights. I know. Yeah, that's me. Dad, I know. That's what I've always said. Uh, let's see who else is here <laughs> joining us as usual from her haunt slightly south of us. The one and only Commissioner Kayla. How are you? Did you call my place a haunt? I said the south haunt. Yes. There's nothing wrong oh. with that. I don't know. I just like expect ghosts to come out now. Like <laughs> one Now one time we're going to be recording this and this thing's going to just float behind your head. <laughs> it's going to be like... Um, okay, yeah. That's not actually a curtain. <laughs> no? Okay. That's, that's, that's the thing. That's what's going to happen. Mm. Um, now, let's uh, let's bring in our guest, shall we? Because uh, yes. 
It's been much too long since we've had a chance to talk to this friend who is also part of the CFPN and is on the Mouchoir podcast, our good friend, Jenin. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm good as long as we don't have to talk about football. <laughs> oh, that's um... fair. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? We're not talking about a home game, so we're we're more excited to talk about it these days. Yeah. I mean, I know what I know what that feeling is like for you. Um, but I know what uh, I I have to admit though. I've I've been listening to Mushuar as I usually do, um, and you and Michaela have found ways to find positives uh, in a tough season. So, I, I mean. I applaud you for that because we keep trying to do that and it's not always the easiest thing to do, but you guys have done a really good job of it. So what, what do you feel is kind of the general feel in our nation with this? Is Are there still some positives out there? Or? Well, I think if you listen to the podcast that we just recorded tonight, you'll find us decidedly less positive. <laughs> <laughs> Last week was just rough. It was uh, really, really tough to watch that game last week. Um, we played uh, a Wednesday night game, which is kind of just as weird as a Tuesday night game. So it was raining. Uh, there were 5,500 and change people in the crowd. It was a really bad attendance. So that gives you an idea, um, Andrew, how our nation is kind of feeling these days. I mean, I know it's a Wednesday night game and I know it was raining, but in our first season, that place would have been packed. Um, capacity right now is only 15,000, but it would, it would have been packed. And so I think, I think fans in Ottawa are really, really starting to feel a lot of frustration. And that's a sign that we have a passionate fan base, which is a positive thing. But, you know, things are pretty, things are pretty low these days in our nation, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I can get that. Although uh, you still found a positive in there. See, this is why we bring you on. I try. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> There was so much See, positivity. I noticed I couldn't bring myself to wear a red black shirt. I'm wearing <laughs> an Ottawa shirt. So still football in Ottawa, but you know, just mixing it up a little bit. <laughs> Spreading the love. Uh, so you, there was a lot of positivity going into this season when Paul Apelis, of course, coming over last year, uh, which we missed, uh, uh, going into the final the season finally. Uh, what are your thoughts on Lapo and his approach to the season? Yeah, I, for sure. I would say that um, I have always, well, first of all, I think he's a genius and I've always really admired uh, Coach Lapo, whether he was a head coach in Winnipeg, where I think he got let go a little too early. I don't think you could blame what was happening to the Bombers on Coach Lapo. I loved him on the panel as the coach on the panel. I thought he was uh, he was just incredible. And you could really tell what an offensive genius he is and how animated and passionate he is. And then, of course, as an offensive coordinator. So I was really excited when he was coming over. And remember, in 2019, we didn't have an offensive coordinator because Jamie Elizondo quit like a couple months before the season started. And so we had that triple headed weird monster thing <laughs> that was the offensive coordinator and it was just abysmal. And so we were really excited uh, to get Lapo. And, and even now I maintain that, you know, he can only do so much with what he has and he doesn't have a lot of pieces right now. I think if I had one criticism of Coach Lapo, it would be how attached to Matt Nichols he was. I think we'll never know what happened with the whole Arbuckle-Nichols thing entirely, but I think a lot of it was Lapo knows Nichols, wanted Matt here. 
I question whether or not proper medical examinations were done before we signed him, but I would say that's his weakness and it's a big one and he's got to wear that. But otherwise, I think it's too early to judge how he'll do here because he just doesn't have any pieces to put an offense together. Do, do you feel like he's kind of in the same kind of situation he was in Winnipeg uh, when he was the head coach where he wasn't really given the pieces for a lot of success? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, we've, I think it was three or four episodes ago, we kind of compared the Ottawa Red Blacks to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you know, six years ago when they, it, it was when they had, when they brought O'Shea in. So after they got rid of La Police and they started rebuilding the team, you know, Bombers fans were wearing paper bags in the, in the stadium because they were so ashamed of how bad their team was. And it, and O'Shea needed two or three years to, you know, first of all, not have a losing record, and then second of all, start making it back to the playoffs. So I, I see a lot of parallels between that time and Winnipeg's history. But I think the difference is Winnipeg was more upfront with the fact that they were rebuilding because Lapo was the wrong person to get rid of, but the next year they got, then they got rid of the right person, right? Mm-hmm. They got rid of Joe Mack. And that was and that was the issue. And then the team could could credibly say, we know, we know we're rebuilding. Stick with us and trust us. It's not happening in Ottawa. They're just saying everybody doesn't believe in us, but we're going to prove them wrong. No, guys, you're not. You're not (laughs) wrong. Like, just we need to move on from this. (laughs) So there's definite parallels, um, including the frustration in the fan base, I think. (laughs) I get that. I feel like that's totally, yeah, like the rotation of teams too. I mean, it's not like we're doing so great, but, <laughs> you know, misery aside, do you have any, like, incredible highlights from this year so far? I have thoroughly enjoyed watching Devontae Dedman, like thoroughly enjoyed watching him. Um, and we kind of knew that. We saw flashes of him in 2019, but then he got a – terrible hamstring injury and so we just weren't able to see him um when he's 100 percent healthy and like he's he's just been a flash of hope throughout the season and it's uh it's not a lot of hope but it's at least entertaining to watch and I think that's it right when you know your team is not gonna like they're not gonna go anywhere after the the regular season and we know that and there's always going to be the hopeful optimists who say well mathematically it's not going to happen so that's (laughs) so what we want to see is entertaining football yeah and Devontae Dedman at least is really entertaining uh to watch and the other what I really with aside from the two last not the last game but the two games before that against Montreal and BC when our defense really had quite bad games um they are also an incredibly good defense, and when they're on a roll, they are on a roll. They spend too much time on the field, um, which is, you know, unfortunate. Uh, I know you guys don't want me to bring it up, but um, the, <laughs> our first game was all defense, and that's what won the game. Looking forward to Kane coming back because we're feeling that loss. There's not the same energy as when he's on the field, for sure. But I would say those are the those are the things that I'm sticking around for. <laughs> How about yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. And I was going to, uh, it's okay if you you said it, but I was going to say it. Well, they did win you a game, that defense. So that's, uh, <laughs> sure. 
you know, and we all know all about it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) As, as you would know, um, you know, playing at home is not always the greatest thing, although it should be better. It is really not the greatest thing for some reason. So um, yeah, it's a tough one as, as a longtime CFL fan. um, I just want to ask you this. It kind of popped into my head while you were talking there is uh, there's a lot of people who've been watching the CFL for a long time that have said it's it's been a tough watch this year. Like the a lot of the games have been low scoring, penalty ridden, you know, uh, not great execution. Um, finally, we got the two games on the Friday night that were both kind of barn burners back to back. But um, mm. what what are you finding just kind of as a CFL fan for this year so far? Yeah, you know, it's a great it's a great point and I was actually having lunch with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago and he was saying to me the CFL's just not any good this year and I got kind of defensive about it and I'm like you just don't you, you don't know anything. You don't even watch the CFL. You go to one game a year. Stop it, Aaron. Just stop it. <laughs> I'm glad you I, called I him out. Of, That's good. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> listen to this so he's not going to hear me apologize to him which is in my next statement I'm kind of sorry that I was like that with him because I think he had a point and his point uh his point was just what you said Andrew like it hasn't been the best football yet this year we're in October and normally we would be just over the halfway mark of a season we would normally have a preseason to work everything out we would normally have a rookie camp and then a training camp there would be like a lot more opportunities for all of us to see um to see the team to to kind of watch them in preseason action to have them feel one another out and no team has had that and with the exception of the bombers every single team has struggled uh, as a result and they and they have had to take a little bit more in-season time to find themselves I think that's what we're seeing in the scores and I hate to say it but I think my friend Aaron might have been on to something well and it was yeah I I believe that at the time yes it was it's it's been rough. I think we're starting to turn the corner though. That's mm-hmm. my feeling is that we're going to see some, some better football ahead. Maybe not from yours or my team, but still there's <laughs> going to be other teams that are going to be amazing. Someone. Yeah. Someone is going to be great. And we're going to love <laughs> those other barn burner games it's, uh, with which preferably BC will win instead of lose. Anyway, uh, uh, only when they play Saskatchewan, of course, uh, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, there, there's lots to come. And uh, but I, I was just curious kind of on your on your take on that. Um, I want to get into setting up this week's game, but we have a little bit of news that I just want to talk about just so we get that out of the way beforehand. Um Start with the kind of one of the big news stories in in Edmonton this past little bit. Uh, Trevor Harris goes on the sixth game before the last game. Uh, Taylor Cornelius comes out, plays the game. Uh, They are practicing one day and, you know, uh, Coach Elizondo says, well, Taylor will get the start and uh, we're not really sure what's, you know, where Trevor's at. The next day, Trevor is active, (laughs) pulled off the six game list. Uh, We're thinking, well, you don't pull him off the list unless he's going to start. And then we find out today, nope, no, he's not even going to be on the roster and Taylor Cornelius is going to start. So it's been quite the up and down. uh, And I know, Mike, you and I were talking about this one where it's like, okay, well, why? Like, why does it go back and forth? But I think you finally made the point that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you got me, was, uh, you know, that at least if he's not on the sixth game, he can be practicing with the guys. 
Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're on the six game, you can't until you reach week five, I think it is. Yeah, it's the four weeks without practice and then the last you can practice. So now he can practice. And then if he's able to be back and playing next week against Winnipeg, great. Uh, in the meantime, Taylor gets the start and we kind of see where Trevor Harris. Uh, Janine, were you, were you looking forward to having Harris back and playing in Ottawa? Because he hasn't actually played in Ottawa since he's you know joined our team. Um, didn't he play a game here in 2019? Nope. He was no, injured. he was injured, eh? Yeah. So oh, there you go. Um, because <laughs> Convenient I remember timing. I, no, I'm kidding. I, I I'm do just... remember Antoine Pruno uh, made quite a splash before yes. the Elks came to Ottawa in 2019, talking a little bit about um, how Trevor Harris might not have been his favorite uh, teammate while Trevor Harris was here. So I, I, I'd forgotten that Trevor didn't play. Um, I'll be honest, when I saw that, when I saw him come off the six-game uh, list, I thought to myself, what games are going on in Edmonton over here? Um, and uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not... Th- with the whole BC Mike Riley O'Rourke thing, like there's been all these big conspiracy theorists. I'm not one of them. I think teams want to get a competitive edge and it's a sport and they're out there to win. So they're going to do what they have to do to win. But I did wonder, is there a little bit of gamesmanship here? I think uh, I'd love to see Trevor back here and play. Um, I, you know, we loved Trevor Harris here. He was, he was our guy. We were really sad to see him go. I don't have any ill will towards, uh, towards Trevor or the 37 other red blacks that you guys have swept (laughs) up. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, I think um, I think the most important thing is that he gets healthy. I think he probably regrets that he can't be here to play. I'm sure he re- like if there was a season to meet the team that you feel wronged you uh, and take out your anger and your resentment on it. It's this season. We haven't won 11 straight at home, and he would have had a real darn good shot. Of taking- <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's probably a little bit disappointed that he can't be here. I, is he traveling with the team or no? Actually, I don't know. I, would, I haven't heard. I would suspect. Yeah, I, I, I would think that he would because of the leadership side of things. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, we also had another player go on COVID protocol this week because Sorry. we're really good at that. I mean, I tell you, if there's one thing that we, if they had an award for that at the end of this year, we totally win it. 17th player, uh, as David Beard goes off on um, COVID protocol, uh, all the other, t- you know, rest of the team tested, nothing come came back positive, but we're, uh, it, it, wow. I, I, I no more massages. No more. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um. Are, I don't know. Are we supposed to say don't hang out with your wives? That, like, I don't know what we're supposed don't to say. Don't we all? Yeah. I have questions. Like, <laughs> don't you have athletic therapists and uh-huh. professionals that could help with that? Without yes. Bringing anybody in? You know, here's the thing. We could ask the same question to Andrew Harris. Don't they have supplements that they provide to you? But these, you know, people just do their own thing. That's what happens. And I don't, oh, I mean... I don't want to make it completely equivalent, but <laughs> needless to say, uh, yeah, we're down that. So uh, now the team did make a few changes before we before we set up our actual game here. Uh, latest breaking news just uh, three hours ago here. Uh, the Elks did sign Chris Kasher, uh, which is a big pick up on the defensive line. 
uh, that kind of, uh, oh, the only thing about that that worries me is a little is maybe Betts' injury might be more than we want it to be because we're trying to fill in that spot. Uh, but in the last little uh, last couple of weeks here, they have uh, inked Canadian uh, Josh Woodman returning to the team. Yay, Woody, because we're excited to see. Wow, man, yeah. as I said that out loud, it didn't come out right. Um, <laughs> title of the podcast, Yay, Woody. Yay, Woody. Uh, yeah, you might want to do a, in, in government, we do something called gender-based analysis uh, of policies. And you might want to run that through a gender-based <laughs> that, analysis. Maybe. We're talking about Toy Story. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. I just want the spaceman to come. Okay. Um, we all... Correct. Yes. Well done, super fan. It's like you have a child and have watched these movies. It's good. Almost. I liked Spaceman better. But anyway, okay. Uh, we also assigned Canadian receiver Chris Osikusi. Um now, I was actually kind of excited about that because I remember watching the draft that he was in or watching the um, um, the combine, and I was very impressed with his uh, very long reach and uh, the, the stride, which was very antelope-like. So uh, I'll be curious to see how that uh, comes into play. Um, we did also sign two internationals in running back Bruce Anderson and linebacker Brian Blunt. Now... <laughs> I guess he just became legal in Canada. So that's good. That's we true. can have that up there. Um, it, because of that, uh, they moved uh, You're Killing Me Smalls to the suspended list. And uh, they did release Jermaine Gabriel, uh, defensive lineman Reggie Howard, and unfortunately, uh, one of our favorites in Brian Walker released today. So uh, a little little bit of a changeover in some of the, the background. Probably more changeover than we've had uh, since the beginning of the season, really. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough spot for him having signed uh, Moncrief to that Sam line. I mean, he's a Canadian, all Canadian uh, Sam linebacker, cover linebacker, and um, normally when someone else was playing Sam, Brian Walker would uh, move to the defensive halfback spot. But in defensive halfback, you got Tremaine Washington, who's been lights out the last few games, absolutely, and uh, Aaron Grimes. So you're not replacing either of those guys. So he's really too expensive to just be a backup. Mm-hmm. So I think they had, really didn't have much choice, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough one. Usually we would have had tons of space in that secondary, but that's the one place that we, right. we improved well. So yes, yeah, so that, that made it a little bit harder for that. So let's talk about this week's game. So the Elks travel to the nation's capital for a Tuesday night game. As we said, uh, it's uh, get your taco Tuesday and watch a football game, which is, seems odd for me to say. What did you say they're doing at the stadium, Janine? Oh, they have a they have on the menu every every game vegan tacos. So if you uh, you know Taco Tuesday, vegan Taco Tuesday doesn't quite roll off the tongue the same way. But there you go, that's your option if you want tacos at the game. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at that and thinking, football people like that. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I still know. Stick that... with the hot dog. That's yeah. my okay. that's my go to. <laughs> I still stick with the oh, yeah. hot dog. That's solid. <laughs> Not a vegan hot dog, I'm guessing. No, no. <laughs> okay. I I could tell you I I'm not I'm actually quite sure that wouldn't go over nearly as well in Alberta as you might think. <laughs> vegan taco twos? What is that? Come on. Give me my tacos in a bag. That's what we want. Um, all right. Uh, game, nice. Thanks, Mike. Uh, so in the game, we basically have Red Blacks West versus Red Blacks East. Um, Janine, how do you feel about the Wednesday game last week and now a Tuesday night game 
in the midst of all of these other things going on? And, and, and what's that like for you to have to go, I guess, to a home game on a Tuesday night? Yeah. You know, I don't love these weekday games at all. It, uh, I kind of thought maybe it'll be a nice way to break up the week, but it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a slog, you know, when you, um, it's a school night for crying out loud. <laughs> I get up early. Um, so it, it is a bit of a slog and I, I'm going again tomorrow. Um, I went last Wednesday, but I, I don't love the schedule and, you know, we, um, we are not lucky enough to have the field to ourselves. Uh, TD Place is shared with other sports teams. So creating a schedule here is just a little bit more complicated maybe. And we we just kind of got caught up in some of that. So it is what it is. And I'll probably complain a little bit, but it is what it is. And it's a Tuesday night game. And, and here we go. How I feel about last week's game. Well, um, it was the worst football game I've ever seen. <laughs> um, wow. Could you be more specific? Or No, I'm kidding. I <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know if you guys followed uh I mean a lot of CFL fans followed Dave Naylor. I don't know if you read one of his more recent uh pieces that he put out this week about the Ottawa Red Blacks and like we're talking about one of the worst performances by an Ottawa football team and there have been 3 uh in the history of football in Ottawa. It was it was really it was awful. Um and even when we had I think on our podcast earlier this evening I called it like a flicker of a dim of a fraction of hope with first Dante Dedman's 63 uh, yard punt return. And then Matt Nichols coming in after Davis pulled his hamstring and actually making things happen until he made things happen in the wrong way and took himself straight to the, <laughs> to the change room. Like it was just, wow, there's nothing that goes, nothing can go right for more than it would seem a play uh, with this team. And so it was a tough game to watch. Um, and you know what? I really expect that tomorrow is going to be a bit of a tough game for us to watch too. I think I think this will be a better game for you for you guys. <laughs> well, We're the away no, team. No, it, yeah, we are the away team. <laughs> That's got to be it. Thank God for away games. Um, but I, I, on the other hand, I mean, the Red Blacks are coming in with, you know, basically – uh, two new quarterbacks. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to see Evans. We're going to see Christian. They're, well, they're both yeah. going to play. Um, tell us a little bit about what you know about them and, and kind of what are you excited to see from them? Because there's there's no film that, that could definitely help. Oh, for sure. We talked about that. Like there's and, and there's not a lot to know, quite frankly. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about how, you know, normally you get to see two preseason games plus you get to go check out camp and none of that happened this year uh so we end with only dressing two quarterbacks uh you don't even see these these guys come in for like a quarterback sneak so we've never seen them we we don't know very much about evans or christian uh know enough to know that christian was kind of looked at by the steelers in 2019 and turned a few heads there didn't go anywhere but it's nice to know that he's at least been looked at by a professional football team evans is straight out of university well in 2019 but straight uh, coming straight to the CFL. So we haven't seen anything from them and we really don't know what to expect. That said, I'm very excited. We talked, uh, Kayla, when you asked about things to that we've enjoyed this year or things to look forward to, I would put 
watching two new quarterbacks in that column. I think it will be exciting to see these. I'm going to say kids, not to be, um, not to sound like an old woman, but they are young kids, right? Like this is going to be exciting for them. It's going to be a big deal for them. I expect them to have a lot of energy. I expect them to really want to impress. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing both of them tomorrow. Have no idea what to expect, but really looking forward to watching them. Neither do we. <laughs> exactly. Which is good for me. <laughs> so Tim Capper had sent something to me earlier that uh, CFL stats guru Steve Daniel said that um, the last time that a team had two active roster QBs with zero league experience was the 1994 Las Vegas Posse with quarterbacks Len Williams and an unknown named Anthony Calvillo. Wow. So you just never know, right? What? Do I have an AC on my hands? We don't know. <laughs> that would be that What's Christian's that first name awesome. again? Does it start with uh, A? <laughs> that would be bad. No, it's Karen. It's oh, Karen. okay, yeah. A TC. Well, we go from AC to TC. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, you, you did talk earlier about the defense and be excited that Abdul Kane is coming back because um, at the very beginning, they were quite strong. At least it certainly looked like to us since I mean, you held us to no touchdowns at home in the home opener. And um, do you see that defense sort of coming back to its sort of fearsome form or? Yeah, and I think they came back quite a, they they came back quite well in the last game too. I mean, mm-hmm. the score was twenty four seven, but one of those touchdowns was uh, a defensive touchdown. Right. Um, so they and and I think it was mostly field goals that we held uh, Hamilton to, other than that. Uh, other than that touchdown. So they had a good night. They really had a good night. And Mike Benavides, we had him on our show. And first of all, he's a great guy. Super fun to talk to. Um, His Zoom avatar is the Hulk, which was kind of fun. felt like we were talking to the Hulk. (laughs) 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 You guys would know, you guys would know Mike really well. Uh, He's, he's got them really uh, well prepared for the most part. I think the BC game and the Montreal game were, you know, they were what they were. They were not great games for the defense. The defense made a lot of mistakes. But you have to think that this wears a lot on them. Mm-hmm. Like to be the ones holding up the team, it wears a lot on a defense. I would have preferred to see that later in the season than as early as we started to see it. But I think the Hamilton game, you know, they weren't playing their star roster. I know that. But I think we started to see the defense come back into the right direction and where they were trending in the first couple of games. So I expect they'll have a strong game again. Well, I actually found something that will make you feel a little bit better. Oh, good. So this was in 2012. I don't know if you, you guys probably remember. I don't know if you'll be able to see this. Can you see that score? Oh, there we sure go. Do. Yes, sure can. 36-0. So that was at the half against Winnipeg in 2012. So when you say it's the worst game you've ever watched, just remember how bad this game was against Winnipeg. <laughs> what was the final score, Kayla? I can't remember. I think it was 40-some, 48. I think Winnipeg got on the board, but I, I don't remember. I just remember at halftime we were 35 points up. <laughs> held up so, to zero. So, so there <laughs> you go. So we didn't get zero at least last week. And again, it's because of Devontae Deadman. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and speaking of which, so special teams has been great, obviously, with Deadman, mm-hmm. Lewis, and uh, Leone, but... I know we're not used to having a special teams like at all. <laughs> Do you think that might be a key for the Red Blacks to possibly getting a win? Although we hope not. 
Uh, no, for sure. I think, uh, I think again, on special teams, we saw a couple games where they might have not had the energy that we're used to seeing. But you mentioned the big three on special teams. Of course, Richie Leo, nobody punts like that man. Uh, and when you go to and out as often as we do, you really need that. So, <laughs> so like... God bless you, Richie Leone. We are big fans. Lewis Ward, of course, cool as a cucumber, that guy always, and always so reliable. Devontae Dedman. But I will also say, and what nobody really ever talks about on special teams is the cover team, right? Like our cover team is, they, uh, Frankie Williams got almost nothing last week. And Frankie Williams is one of the most explosive returners in the league. Um, and these guys are not given, I mean, no special teams are ever given um, as much credit as they deserve or specialists as Richie Leone likes to, to call himself and his colleagues on special teams. Uh, but when you're an Ottawa Red Blacks fan and that's all you got, you pay close attention to uh, to the special teams. And they, they are really a good crew. Um, and so I do think we'll have to rely on them again. And I, and I hope to see some pretty exciting things happen. Maybe Whoa. we can take some notes on a blocking scheme. <laughs> you, you might need them. Yes. <laughs> well, we have a very, a very, very effective, uh, special team strategy of catch ball and fall down. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I mean, as long as you don't lose yards, I guess. Yeah. I, <laughs> no turnovers. That's true. No that's true. Yeah. True. Doesn't go off of our helmets. That's important. Finding yeah. the positives. Uh, that's, well, I that tried. Did, that did happen to Devonte. He did last week have a ball go. I mean, he had a yes. touchdown, but in fairness, he also did have. And that was a moment where I think this is what I looked like in my seat. Oh, my God. <laughs> to Devontae. You're gonna, it's all over. <laughs> yeah, you're going to bring your paper bag next game or just, just relive that early Winnipeg feeling? Or that's, you know, uh, yeah, no. I can't win with the teams I choose, you guys. I just that's, can't yeah. win. Yeah, well, that's okay. In a few more weeks, we might be wearing paper bags with antlers off the side. <laughs> <laughs> just to kind of okay like go go guys um all right what other what other things would you say kind of keys for the red blacks to try and, and throw at the elks this week oh boy um <laughs> i know it seems like it should be a reasonably easy question and yet yeah. it really should be no i would love to see us open up a run game Um, and you know, I think maybe it's time we are a little bit, and this kind of goes back to a question Mike asked about Lapo and yes, I still, you know, I think he still deserves uh, a better season with better pieces of the puzzle, but I will say sometimes his loyalty to certain players puzzles me and his loyalty to Flanders is one of those things that puzzles me. Uh, Flanders hasn't broken 50, like 50 yards yet on the, on the ground. Um, all of Justin our fantasies Davis, know that. Yeah. Yeah, I know <laughs> all of you guys who play fantasy. Um, Justin Davis had a bit of oomph to him, but he's injured now. And that leaves Brendan Galanders. And like, at this point I'm like, why not just throw him in and see what he can do? Like mix, mix it in, get things going. We have to get the run game going. And against your defense, that's not necessarily going to be an easy thing, but I feel like at this point, nobody expects us to really try Mm-hmm. a run game because mm-hmm. we have not been using it. So there's my thought that I'm giving away to you and your <laughs> listeners and the coaches if they're listening to me. I think Ottawa needs to move the ball on the ground more. And I think if we can find a way to do that, and it's not all with Flanders. We've already seen that. So let's mix 
mix some different packages in there and see what we can get going. Um, you know, and the rest of the season, Andrew, is about us experimenting with stuff anyway. So might as well give some give some new stuff a try. And I think that's going to be the key because <laughs> who knows what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's how you won that first game when you don't know what's coming. Then you then you you don't know, right? Um, let's talk about the elk side for a second. Uh, super fan Cornelius getting his second start. Uh, what do you feel about that as as they're heading into Ottawa? Well, I think it's going to be good that he's been taking first team reps all week, uh, as opposed to last week where he sort of came in a couple of games into the four game. Uh, schedule mm-hmm. that they have in the uh, between games and i think that's going to help a lot uh he does have a bit of a knock of throwing the interception at the worst time uh when he was in college and when he was in the xfl he had several you know winning drives snuffed out because he threw an interception mm-hmm. into the end zone or things like that so uh, it's something that i think that's they can just sort of hopefully work with him on like how to not to look, how to look off the uh, defensive backs and things like that. Um, so it's certainly trainable, um, but I think that's just going to help him having that full week to have been working with receivers and working on that timing um, because there are several times because he throws the ball very differently and he also moves the pocket by you know running left or right to uh, to, to sort of help give his receivers a bit of time to get open. Yeah, that's fair, uh, Commissioner. What what. What are you thinking about this game? What what scares you the most? What excites you the most as we go into it? What scares me is actually losing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Because <laughs> that would, no offense, Janine, but that would just You're be like so that. embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if we if we wow. lose our second game to Ottawa, that's, well, it's telling something, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It probably um, means that we're going to sign more Ottawa players next year because obviously they, we need more of them. Yeah. Them. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay. Um. Uh, I don't. I'm. 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 I'm honestly excited to see Cornelius play. I was hoping, like, I, I wasn't excited that Trevor got injured, but after seeing the last game and seeing that almost revitalization and that perseverance that came out of that team. And, you know, even though, you know, he kind of got those two interceptions, I wasn't like super, super upset. The second one more so because I was like, that was more of a fluke. He was trying to be wise and bat the ball away from the line, but stupid Adam Bagel was right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um but I'm excited. He's like really quick off the draw. He's really agile on his feet. Um, he's just young blood, and you can tell. And you know, I I love Trevor Harris, and I'm a loyalist to my quarterbacks. But it's exciting to see some new blood and for him to get some reps. So I I'm I'm excited to see him play and to see what they have. And I really honestly hope that chemistry with Tolliver grows a little bit more in this game because I saw something special between those two. So I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It sucks. I got class tomorrow. So I'm going to be sitting on Skype while having the game on the background, but <laughs> I'll have to rewatch it. So, but yeah, I think the biggest thing that scares me is flipping losing this game because I would just be like gutted and be like, okay, we're, uh, there goes our postseason. <laughs> uh, Janine, what, what scares you the most about the Elks coming in? <laughs> 
Um, I, again, kind of loaded question. Sorry. I didn't I mean know. it that way, but just. No, just, I know yeah. exactly what yeah. you mean. I think what, what I, what I'm a little bit scared of really. And, and, uh, it's just a repeat of last, of last week's performance, just low energy offense. I think we're going to be, um, a lot better be just because we're going to have two young, I was going to say two young bucks, but that's like that. That'll make you think they're elks and then you're going to take them too. And exactly, exactly. Just hands off my two young quarterbacks, please. But, um, but I would be really, you know, I'm, I'm scared that this offense just can't find any spark at all. Like really. And if, and if we see these two new guys come in and there's still nothing, like just no chemistry and no spark, which is entirely possible. They've never thrown in game time in this league. So that is entirely possible. Um, certainly, you know, that's uh, that's a little bit scary for fans because, again, we just, what are we going to watch for the rest of the season? Um, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, guys, it's a lot easier when you keep your expectations low yep. um, and you just stop hoping. <laughs> it's just a lot easier. <laughs> oh, my I don't mean to sound down, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to remind yourself as a fan that at the end of the day, this is a bunch of boys running around a field in tight pants playing a game, right? right? Exactly. You just have to remind yourself of that sometimes as a fan. And yes, they get paid for it and it's their job and they take it very seriously. But um, I catch myself taking it too seriously too sometimes. And I have to remind myself, you know, like, just take that step back have your hot dog, have your beer, enjoy being outside at this time of year, yeah. enjoy being with your friends in the stadium and try to forget some of the bad because there'll be another season where you can come back and watch this all over again. <laughs> 100%. That, that is, that, that is very true. Uh, super fan. What other keys do you have uh, for the Elks this week? Uh, I think we need to special teams is going to be so tough. Um, uh, as much as I would love to say, just just don't turn the ball over at that point. Uh, I think our offense has got some strengths in there. Our defense is quite solid. Just don't turn the ball over and have a pick six or have a special teams touchdown against us. And I think that can be the, the easiest key we have. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. Um, any other keys from you there, Commissioner? Oh, um, yeah, just unleash Jermaine Washington even more. <laughs> just like fuel him up get him and I do want to actually um do a little correction my mom not only knew about number eight she knew his name too so she told me that she's like I listened to the podcast and I actually knew his name too it was Washington I was like sorry mom I will correct myself so (laughs) for mom's sake Jermaine Light it up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I do. It's true, Maine though, which is even kind of funnier. Oh, they is got it? The, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Just ask your mom. Yeah. <laughs> I need. See now, I gotta get tips from Mama Jedi. That's, that's right. Oh, Although, I just use last names hey, for everything. You, you you got the impression in. That was all we were waiting for. That was good. That's fantastic. Now we, that that was a terrible impression. We, we do we do love Mama Jedi. So that that's very good. Uh, super fan. Do we have any uh, YouTube questions that have come across for us to answer? Now that we still have a feed, <laughs> which is better than last. <laughs> we do. Week. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's been a lot of chatter in there. Um, uh, we got here. Let's just scroll past all of this. Uh, so Ken Ludwig is wondering, is Desjardins maybe dead man walking in Ottawa? <laughs> That's the question for sure. Uh, we talked a little bit about it tonight, Mikhail and I. Um, 
I'll, I'll start, I'll preface what I'm about to say by saying I don't like talking about people losing their jobs. Um, right. At the end of the day, uh, it's a tough job to be a GM uh, of any sports team. And it brings me no pleasure to talk about whether or not Marcel Desjardins should remain with the team. Uh, but that said, um, his contract is up in December. Uh, and I think he is a bit of a dead man walking Um we're judged in our jobs, no matter what it is we do on our performance. Um, last year, there were three teams that were really bad. The BC Lions, the Toronto Argonauts, and the Red Blacks. Sorry, 2019. And the Ottawa Red Blacks. They were all three teams were really bad. BC has made measurable improvements. Toronto has made measurable improvements. We have made measurable the opposite of it. <laughs> I'm searching for the noun because it's 11 p.m. here. It's fair. It's fair. We yeah. have got measurably worse. Um, and somebody has to wear that. Like somebody has to wear the fact that in the off season we did not try hard enough. Someone has to wear the fact that since Trevor Harris walked out during free agency, we have done nothing to shore up a quarterback. And there's only one person really that can wear that. And that's Marcel. And so I don't expect him to have a contract come 2022. And um, like I said, it brings me no pleasure to talk about this, but I think that's the nature of sports. Could be Chris Jones. You don't know. Wow. Now we're going to talk about things that scare me. I I hadn't even thought of that. I had thought, let's go get, let's go get Campbell back and make him GM. That's where I was going. Maybe. Oh, maybe Brock goes back that way and brings all of his players back. I mean, they all know where the city. I mean, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why did I say that out loud? Anyway. Well, yeah. Okay. What else we got here? Uh, talking. Uh, Leanne was talking about um, when we were mentioning that the uh, tough play at the beginning of the season because there was no, uh, you know, not much a lot of training camp and, and preseason. Uh, considering that we didn't have a season last year, I'll take the expletive removed that's being served up now uh, and david winchester says great point Janine. uh there's not enough time to get prepared for the season this year right yeah, yeah i agree uh ken ludwig did not like what the team did with harris this year uh, this week uh, i think we can sort of i i understand it but at the same time they've got to do what's best for the team and if he is more or less ready to go at least this way you can practice with the team versus uh, if they know that he's going to start next week, for instance, versus Winnipeg. Kipping on the sixth game doesn't do anything. That's right. um, Joe Balineski. Oh, hi, oh Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they have people to hold the peak up for you to pee in? Cough, cough, AC Leonard, cough, cough. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Excellent. And then follows it up with, at least this will be battle of the unknowns at quarterback. Uh Derek Mapstone says, uh, how about Nate Bahar's quarterback talent? He's 100% on his throws. Right? One for one. Three yards. Um, That's my boy. I love that, Nate Bahar. Not sure what your QB rating is on that, but you know. Yeah. And he wants to take down his former team, doesn't he? Come on. Oh, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. I always forget that it's you who drafted him. Yes. Yes, we we did. I have a big soft spot for Nate Bahar, even though he single-handedly is responsible for Carlton getting Pedro the Panda back for the first time in like years. Right. Um, in, I think it was the 2017 or 2018 Panda. Um, we thought we had the game in the bag when uh, somebody tipped the ball and it landed in Nate Bahar's 
arms and he scored a touchdown and the game was over. Which is funny because <laughs> usually when it's happened. him, it's going off of his hands into the other team's <laughs> arms for a touchdown. He's but got, at least that's that here. happened here. Yeah, that was that he's was. Got, yeah, he's got. And actually, that's been pleasant to watch, too, is yeah. um, look, there's no nobody in the world that will ever replace Brad Sinopoli in my eyes. Fair. Nobody in the world. Um, and Brad Sinopoli, for the record, some people think that I'm really blind when it comes to Brad Sinopoli. He was not the elitist of the elite receivers, but he was dependable and he was our second down guy and he was our yak guy. Mm-hmm. Bahar is starting to show some of that, right? Like he's he's who quarterback A, B, and we'll see about C and D seem to be going to on second down. <laughs> um, and he's having a lot more success, actually, than he was earlier in the season. And he's also owned some of his shall I say, sins of the past. Like he's accepted that he wasn't always dependable and that's why quarterbacks weren't always throwing to him and he's kind of had to adjust and change his attitude a little bit over the last uh, couple of years. I guess a pandemic does that to you, right? It gives you time to think. Um, so he's actually kind of one of the people I'm enjoying watching this year. Yeah, it gives you time to think and eat as it seems. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you get tacos. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, we got uh, Tim Capper again from the Alouettes Flight Deck. I uh, sent some notes for tonight's show. This is the 215th Tuesday game in Canadian pro football history. Ooh. Edmonton's 45th Tuesday game. Really? Uh, we had discussed the last one last week was uh, 2003 at Winnipeg. Um, this is Edmonton's 45th Tuesday game, and the record is 28-13-3. Hmm. So, oh. you know, we do pretty well on Tuesdays. Excellent. Everything's uh, coming up roses for the Edmonton Elks this week. Go with that. <laughs> that was a good catch to get the name right. I could sense the. I knew where you were headed. You did. Oh I, I know. I'm still struggling good. with. It's, it's awful how it's ingrained. Uh, like it, you yeah. really have to. I really have to think about it all the time, which it's the way it works. But that's right. The last time we lost on a Tuesday was um, August nineteenth, nineteen eighty. We lost to Calgary, so it's been a while. We have we won in twice in 1990 on a Tuesday and 86 on a Tuesday, and we beat uh, Ottawa 45-20 on a Tuesday. So you know, oh wow, let's bring that back. There you go. Hey, I'm telling you, Janine's just excited. Wait a minute, 20 points? That's amazing. Let's do that. I might. That's that was odds. I swear only I don't bring you, not, only one by twenty points. My I, gosh, what was wrong with you? I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't bring you on here to make fun of you. That's not fair. I shouldn't do that. Anyway, it's okay. Like okay. I said, you gotta just kind of roll with it, That's right? It, yeah, like, I get it. Is what it is. I could I could spend the rest of the season being an angry angry woman, or I could just you know. I could just roll with it. I listened to Ty on Two and Out. I, I know what he says about Ottawa every week. I was going to say, I see your workout videos. I don't want you angry. That's scary. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jerry Cooper does have some positives for Eugene in here. Uh, said, sorry if this was covered earlier, but Caleb Evans has 794 yards rushing Ooh. in his senior year at QB in college. So this Ooh. could be a huge factor in the game. It was not covered, and thank you uh, for for that stat. I love a, I love a quarterback who can run, uh, right. and and we have talked about our running game, so that's excellent. RPOs everywhere. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Leanne says it's rutting season. Everyone should be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and Joe says the only reason he watches football is for the tight pants. <laughs> <laughs> It's perfect. Naturally. 
it's perfect. And Not while Andrew true. doesn't, you know, bring Janine on to make fun of her, uh, we bring her on so that Joe can make fun of her. So that <laughs> yep, seems that simple. way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's it so far. All right. Perfect. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, we're going to get to our, our history segment, but Janine, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably time for you to go to bed. Um, I do appreciate you coming on to chat with us, though. Um, do you want to stick around for that in the Pickums or... I would normally say yes if it weren't 11.06 p.m. and if right, I'm I get turning it. into a pumpkin because and I do love the history segments. You put so much work into, into it, Mike, and I think it's just so cool um, that you are such a fountain of knowledge about your well, teams. You. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But I will say thank This is my first YouTube live podcast. I know. Pod- we love it. Well, actually, we did. did we do it with – I'm trying to remember with two and out during the – uh, pandemic. I know we did something, a bunch of us together, but I don't know if it was on YouTube. Either nope. way. No, I think we just recorded and first. put it out. Yeah. So there you go. My first yeah. live YouTube. So thank Crazy. you. Crazy. Thank you for giving me this experience. Wow. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we, we love chatting with you, as we always say. And uh, we'd love to have you back on and, and make sure that when you see Michaela tomorrow that you give us all give her all of our best uh, because uh, we, we love her too. So uh, where do we find you guys to listen to the amazing show and, and follow you guys on Twitters and all those things? Well, hold your opinions about how amazing it is until you hear this week's because there was a lot more ranting. I had to get that out of the system before coming on here. Uh, or if you like ranting, maybe you'll oh, want to listen to it. I'm excited. Yeah. There you We've go. We've had Ryan on. Of course you like ranting. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's right. Uh, but you can find us uh, anywhere you listen to your podcast. We're on Google, Spotify, Apple. Um, I'm missing one. Um, SoundCloud, but that's not the one I was missing. Anywhere, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us. You can find us on Twitter at Mushwar Podcast, as well as Instagram at Mushwar Podcast. And you can find my co-host, Michaela, uh, at Shrides. And you can find me at, at Ottawa J, that's J-A-Y. And I'm going to give a little plug uh, to Michaela's TSN national yes. show, She's Got Game, if you want to hear about women in sport. Uh, TSN 1200 is the is the call number here in Ottawa, but uh, usually she's she airs here uh, on Friday afternoons, and it's a bit different across the country. But check that out too on your local TSN radio. Oh, that's fantastic! Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Janine. And uh, I, I, I want to say good luck for tomorrow. I, I think we should just say good <laughs> luck to each other, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> enjoy I mean, the vegan tacos. Enjoy. That's. <laughs> Hot dog, hot dog. Enjoy, enjoy your hot right. dog. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and don't say anything about Woody and you'll be fine. All right. Okay. <laughs> Good. Okay. Thanks Take for joining us, Janine. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, super fan. Uh, it is time for uh, us to do a little bit of history. Uh, you a are little bit. all Ooh. set up. All right. Well, uh, hopefully you'll indulge me in this one. This is a, a little longer one. Um, I've been doing a research on this, sort of looking forward to it, because uh, we have an anniversary coming up. Um, and I kind of wanted to sort of take everyone back and sort of see. So um, we are going into uh, the season of football that was probably the greatest season in the history of pre-war football in the Alberta capital. So uh, it is footing, fitting that we look at that season this year, because it's that season's centennial. So we are going back to 1921. So Ooh, 1921 was... Yeah, it's a while ago. 
I was a little kid. Uh, 1921 was a big <laughs> turning point, so not only for senior football in Edmonton, but for the entire West in general. So for the first time, all clubs in the West had switched to the snapback system that we would recognize today. So that's where the center snaps the ball between his legs to the quarterback or halfback to put the ball into play. 1920 saw only Edmonton and Calgary as the only two teams to adopt this system as a trial, where all other Western teams and Alberta teams prior to 1920 used the scrimmage configuration. So that's from the sports rugby routes, where two extra men were employed to prop up the center scrimmage player, who would then use his heel to kick it back to the quarterback to begin a play. So that change in rules allowed Western clubs to compete for the Dominion Championship for the first time. So to contest the Grey Cup in 1921 and beyond. So this would have been the first time the West was allowed because there was the same rules. So whoever was the champion of the Western Canadian Rugby Football Union, which was the forerunner to what would become the Western Division, uh, they'd get to go east and try to win the country's top prize. So Edmonton itself, following World War I, had changed quite a bit. So Prior to the war, we were at 72,000 people. During the war, we were at 50,000 people. So a third of the population was gone. Um, so by the time the end of the war came, we had a lot of people coming back. We were about 60,000 people about uh, at the end of World War I. Uh, so the city itself was sort of filled with this patriotic fervor. Uh, and it was reflected in the sports teams in Alberta because Edmonton adopted the team name of the Canucks, as did Calgary. So you'd have the Canucks <laughs> versus the Canucks. That would never apply wow. these days. Um, <laughs> by 1920, though, uh, both teams switched back to the old names. Edmonton faced Calgary in a two-game total point Alberta championship. So we had the Blue and White Esks lost their first game at home, 27-16, to but the uh, beat the Black and Yellow Tigers 18-8 to in Calgary. Unfortunately, that gave the Southern team a combined 35-34 win over oh. the Northern rivals. But Edmonton was, of course, adamant that next year would be different. Uh, that sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> so now we're at 1921, and that saw the team have many returning players. So we had backfielders, and back then, um, quarterback, halfback, they were more or less interchangeable. Um, the quarterback wasn't the same as it is now. Uh, we had guys like Jimmy Bill, Art Creighton. Uh, the team captain was Jimmy Enright and Billy Rankin. Uh, the We had tight ends Russ Bullet Burnett, George Day, and Harold Blossom Seeley, and linemen such as Miles Palmer, Noble Stevens, and the fan favorite Vic Yancey the Great, who was an all-star middle wing, which is sort of the equivalent today of an offensive tackle, defensive tackle. We had new players joining the team that would go on to great success. A guy named Curly Dorman, who's going to feature a little later. Dr. Marcus Dunsworth, whose son Brian was with the inaugural 1949 team. And a former Calgary Tigers star the previous three years, Jack Fraser, along with a guy they called the immovable George Scheinman, who was the center. Um, he actually became the captain in 1922, and it's not something you normally think about now that the most important guy in your team was the center, but he does the only guy that touches the ball every play, right? So, Wow. So I like the, the immovable first, nickname. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. He was a big man. He was sort <laughs> of what they called a husky player. Um, <laughs> the first contest that saw another first in Edmondson because the Hamilton Tigers on a tour of all the Western cities, came to Edmonton. Uh, and that's special because we never saw Eastern teams come here. That was the very first time any Eastern club had visited Edmonton to play an exhibition game. 
Uh, they Hamilton did the same tour in 1913, but they skipped Edmondson, who you know was just the Alberta champions that year. So why would they come here? Um, but <laughs> Hamilton absolutely destroyed all the Western teams that year, uh, not allowing a single touchdown in four games versus Winnipeg, Regina, Moose Jaw, and Calgary. So by 1921, they swept the teams again. Um, but this time, Edmonton uh, <laughs> lost 15 to three, which was probably one of the closest games on the tour. Um, that game actually proved to be the last for one of our linemen named Mo Lieberman. He was injured in the game. It was a career ender, uh, but he stayed on as the club's general manager. So he held that position for four years. But more importantly, he was instrumental in bringing the team back in 1949 as the green and gold version of the club. Uh, and for that, he earned a spot in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame as a builder. Awesome. So if the preseason game versus Hamilton shook up the club, they certainly did not show it uh, in the season opener, uh, which was October 1st, 1921. So this Friday is the 100th anniversary. Uh, so this is at Diamond Park, which is Edmonton's home field since taking up Canadian rules rugby football in 1908. Uh, it's still there. Uh, in fact, you can put, there's several shots, which uh, I will be putting on uh, the Edmonton history um Web, uh, Twitter page, uh, where you can actually see buildings that are still there to this day, so it's kind of cool. Uh, so the awesome. traditional rival, Calgary Tigers, came north to challenge us, um, but the memory of us losing the previous season's playoff match by a single point was still in our head. So head coach William Deacon White had the uh, team whipped into a frenzy and determined to do whatever it took to win, and then what happened next remained in Edmonton lore for decades after. Um, this was something that even into the 50s, everyone was talking about still, right? So Calgary newspapers, of course, being Calgary newspapers, uh, were touting their club as one of the <laughs> strongest ever. And they were claiming that they didn't have a single weak spot on the roster. Doesn't sound like anything like now, does it? Or anyone I was we just going to say, is Gra Grandpa Ballantyne not ready <laughs> to say It might be. They're going to go 4-0. Mm -hmm. um, no, that's right. You know, the fact that they were outscored heavily by Hamilton a week earlier was, you know, that was sort of not here and there. And in pure Ballantine fashion, pointed out that they scored three <laughs> times as many points as we did. Uh, we had scored three. Um, so, right. you know, they were scoffing at Edmonton's bold claims that we were fielding the strongest team that Edmonton had ever seen. Uh, Edmonton newspapers, the other way around, were a little more cautious in their call of the game. They said that Edmonton, if they did everything right, should win the game. But years of heartbreak against the uh, Calgary rivals allowed the possibility that it would be a close game and urged the fans, you know, come by and, and cheer on the boys to squeak out a victory. Uh, wow, uh, this also sounds awfully doesn't familiar, it? doesn't it? We might, yeah. We're not fans. Um, so the, <laughs> the uh, fans are showing up. Uh, Calgary wins the opening coin toss, and they decide to kick off sort of the game. The kicking game was a lot more important in sort of pre-war. Uh, kicking was an offensive weapon. You might kick on first down, like just do a surprise quick kick. Oh, right? wow. Because you can catch them napping and cause fumbles, as we're going to hear. Um so, unfortunately for them, though, Edmonton made them pay. Uh, so, they uh, Edmonton worked their way up the field from their 20 to the Calgary 40, just play after play after play. Um, we didn't even have a second down. Edmonton just sort of tore open massive holes for the black the backfield to exploit. Um, and this is back when the forward pass is still forbidden. Like, you're not allowed forward passes. It's all laterals, that sort of hook and ladder that you see at the end of games sometimes. Mm -hmm. That was the play back then, right? So you had nine guys on the line, 
or seven guys on the line and just three to five backfielders, and that was it. Um, yeah. So uh, newcomer Curly Dorman, we mentioned him earlier. He was a, a, a dentist slash football player. Uh, he made his <laughs> mark on the game as he took that first down handoff from the 40, sifted through a dozen defenders before crossing the goal line to open up the scoring, and then he did the convert uh, to go up 6 nothing. So this is back in the days when touchdowns, or they called them try back then, uh, was only worth five points. And that actually went until 1956, before we could start to see oh, wow. the six and one. Uh, another oddity of football, because again, the kickoff is an offensive weapon, is that the team that gets scored upon kicks off to the scoring team. So even though Calgary got scored on, they kicked off back to Edmondson. So Edmondson got the ball back. Uh, and Curly Dorman, once again, is a 35-yard end run from scrimmage on the first down of the series. Um, but they did sort of stiffen after a while and force that punt, uh, taking over in the 20. But uh, that's short-lived because they fumbled the ball, and Noble Stevens scooped up the fumble on their first play, and Edmonton then uh, saw Dorman circling the line for another touchdown. So um, right after that, Jimmy Enright scores one, and it's 16 nothing, and we're still in the first quarter. Wow. Um, Edmonton, uh, Calgary finally gets a break, though. Leonard Red Wise fumbles on the Edmonton 20, uh, but all they can do is get a single point because their uh, kick was wide. Again, sounds kind of familiar. Maybe not as much in Calgary <laughs> these days, but we've certainly seen a it's lot true. of uh, short kicks that go wide lately. Yeah, lately. Yeah. yeah. So Edmonton uh, takes over their 20 and starts marching the ball down, uh, and they are forced to punt to Calgary's Archie McTeer, who fumbles the punt on his own five. So uh, what happens next on the first play? Lee Dorman starts going through the line, scores another try for five points, um, and the route is on at this point. Calgary finally does have their last little gasp when Edmonton fumbles in the shadows of their own goalposts. Once again, it's wide, and they get a single point. At this point, they've got two points. Um, The only thing that was bad at this point is Curly Dorman injures his knee, and he's removed from the game. But uh, he got replaced by someone named George Day, and it just got worse. So (laughs) at this point, uh, Edmondson, uh, you know, finally is marching down the field again. They're at Calgary's 10, and uh, they have a turnover on downs because Calgary finally stops them. There's a lot of big cheer from the crowd. Um, But that was about their only hurrah left because after that, it was all Edmonton all the time. Um, So at this point, they're forced to punt, and instead of like we see now, you'd catch the ball and you'd run. Um, Jack Fraser takes the ball and punts it back to Calgary. Uh, It's fielded in the end zone by Calgary's player who gets rouged by Day, and it's another single point. So at this point, (laughs) they just got to feel like nothing is going right. Um, Another play comes up, Billy Rankin, who takes 20 yards from a fumble, and it's 28-2 with like two minutes left in the game. Calgary fumbles the ball. Jack Fraser picks it up, kicks it to the end zone, and it's a single point. So it's 29-2 at halftime. Oh, jeepers. This sounds like a great game. Yeah, it was a and, great and game. Th- and this shows that Edmonton, you know, like can win at home. Yes, it's true. It's just 100 years ago. Um, right, exactly. So if, Cal- if you know, fans thought that Calgary would just come out itching to avenge that beating they've been getting in the first half, uh, no. Um, at this no. point... <laughs> We mentioned the great Yancey, who was sort of the big guy in Edmondson. Um, he he uh, decided to uh, get in on the scoring and scored three successive touchdowns in the third quarter, 
for 16 points uh, before Miles Palmer decides, hey, I'm a lineman. I can score two. He scores one, and it's 51 to two at the end of the third quarter. Oh, you wish you could watch this game. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Jack Fraser, who was again with the Calgary Tigers up before this year, before moving north, uh, decided he wanted to stick it to his former club. And in the fourth quarter, scored three touchdowns in the final frame with uh, Billy Rankin finally getting to do more than just kick converts. And he scores a major to bring the final tally to an astonishing 72 to two over the fully outclassed Calgary team. Uh, at this point and wow. since, nobody has seen a club completely dominate another one, In certainly in Alberta. Um, nothing's been even close. Edmonton would later go on to win against um, the University of Alberta and outscore them, I think, 80-5 to five in combined games. Um, so this was wow. like a, a machine. The loss completely demoralized Calgary, and two days after the game, Calgary decided to fold the club and not return to playing football for another two and a half years, <laughs> returning for the 1923 playoffs. So, um, but, you know, at this point, Edmonton was on a roll, but we're going to save that for maybe another time. So for now, awesome. we're just going to yeah. sort of revel in this victory because, uh, let's be honest, that's all we kind of have. Um, <laughs> and this, is, this score has never been approached, let alone equaled. And again, as I said, if you look at newspapers in the 50s, they're still talking about this game 30 years later. Um, so today we're going to remember Jimmy Enright, Jack Fraser, and Billy Rankin, uh, Curly Dorman, Bullet Burnett, Blossom Seeley, and linemen like Scheiman, uh, Palmer, Stevens, and the great Yancey. They were as famous as anyone in the West could have been a century ago. But for a few minutes today, they are heroes and legends once again. Oh, outstanding super fan. That was so cool. And uh, not, I mean, never bad to hear about a game where you win by 70 points. Yeah, I've been sort of looking. Actually, that now that I think about it, it was probably better that Janin went to bed. Yeah, it's probably better. <laughs> so that we don't have to. So it's okay. I was, it was in Ottawa, but there's a chance. There's always like, a chance, my friend. Like it, like it could. I, I I wouldn't complain if that happened tomorrow. Like that'd be fine. Like we could relive it. It's a hundred year anniversary. I think we should pay due to that by doing the same score. Right. Right. I think that's fair. Uh, yes. Little much. Little much. Little I think mu- we should I, make that, them kick off uh, after we score against them. <laughs> 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 Just in honor. I like that. Of the hundredth anniversary. Like... We'll get maybe yes, perfect. A couple of linemen yeah. to prop up uh, our new uh, Higby, our new center, and have him heal the ball back. It'll be fun. <laughs> I would love to see that. Later on that, that season, be... uh, they had two games as an exhibition game on the same day. Uh, they played at the University of Alberta, oh. and then right after it, played a British rugby game versus the Rugby All-Stars. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah, it was a really sort of Wild West, literally, uh, back in the rugby days. So it's been a lot of fun. And so what? And you, you said it was the the Rugby Football Union? Is that what it, Or what did you call it? The Alberta it? Rugby Football Union was the Alberta governing body, yeah. The Alberta Rugby Football Union. ARFU. So it's the ARFU. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Pretty much sounds like that. Yeah. Yep. Love Doesn't that. it? Okay. I was thinking it at the time when you said it, and then like, well, no, I'm going to ask him after. Yeah. Because it'll. Yeah. Yeah. ARFU. Yeah, putting the FU Wait, in what? fun. 
<laughs> That's right. Perfect. Yeah. F U N functional. Yeah. Dysfunctional. Whatever. Um, now, you had a couple of um, items that you wanted to show uh, from Brian's collection that were up for sale, I believe. That's right. Um, do you want to go through those at this yeah, moment? Yeah, and then we'll, and then we'll do our picks. So these belong sure. to Brian and Linda. Uh, for years, they just loved going around looking at uh, flea markets and. Um, garage sales and things like that and finding anything to do with the team uh anything that was sort of green and gold they were like a magnet right so uh every so often you get a john deere but once in a while you actually get a little uh edmonton uh, football <laughs> item and it's kind of fun so uh, these are a few items that um linda is currently selling and she's asked me to sort of handle that so if anyone is interested i'm going to be putting it on the edmonton football history uh page take some pictures awesome. uh, describe it uh and then we can sort of talk price and things like that uh, some of them are going to be a little more expensive some of them are pretty cheap but if you're interested by all means just get a hold of me at 56 parkies and we can talk about it so uh the first thing is kind of one of the oldest uh and this is kind of a rare item but it's become incredibly popular uh all nine teams in the late 50s put out uh teacups and you can sort of oh, see it there yeah 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 so I think it's 58, 59. Um, it does come with a lovely <laughs> oh, Hang on. We need to switch to Commissioner's face. There we go. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> oh, no. I caught it. That's good. Yeah. Oh, man. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, like I said, the little, little teacup and everything else. Um, these ones are a little cheaper than Saskatchewan ones. Uh, the Saskatchewan one is about eight to nine times more expensive than these sometimes. Whoa. Uh, I've seen one sell for over $700 for the Saskatchewan one. Obviously, the Edmonton one does not come anywhere close to that, but uh, still a really cool item. I've got one myself in my collection. Um, they don't come around very often, and when they do, there's a big bidding frenzy on it. So I think it's more interesting to offer it to other fans that are watching, and I'll put it on the page there. So that's I one of them. See? I mean, there's, she's got a couple of them as well. She has this one as well, Tim Capper. So Ooh. there is the Montreal one that also comes with a saucer um, back in the Sam Echeverry days. Um, a couple other things she has. Uh, this is kind of a fun game from the mid-80s, if you like board games. Ah, uh, yes. A Canadian uh, armchair football. There's pictures of everyone having so much fun getting together, <laughs> playing some board games on a... You know, Tuesday night. Hey, that's great. That's oh, that's, what you're talking about. That is a Tuesday night game right there. That's what that is. Exactly. And um, probably the most popular um, sports simulation game up to the most recent Cold Snap, which has been come out. But before that, everybody played sports action Canadian pro football. <laughs> These are incredibly hard to find. Uh, they used to put one out every year. I believe this is from a place called... Wetaskiwin. I'm not sure if I've ever heard of that place, no, but uh, never heard of that. there it is, Wetaskiwin. Yeah. Ooh, fantastic. Uh, so this one is the 1980 season, so all the cards on it relate to that 1980 season. So you get to pick your team, you get to pick your defenses and everything else. Uh, and if you happen to be a, you know, an Edmonton fan as an example, it's a pretty good team that year. Not so, bad. Uh, yeah, not a bad team. I would, I would definitely recommend Wait, that one for sure. Like cards? Like what, how, what is it? So yeah, so if we crack it open here, um, it does come with cards that kind of look like this. Uh, you have score sheets. It's using dice. And then every team has their set of stats cards. Okay. Nice. And so you roll the dice. You sort of look at the finder and see what that play does. And then depending what the other team has done on defense, whether uh, it's successful or not. That's fun. 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, both of this one and Canadian Armchair Football are a lot, a lot of fun. I've got, I think, about seven or eight seasons of, of sports action football. Uh, they're great fun, but they're not the cheapest game for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a few interesting items. Uh, this, These are placards that came out uh, in 1994. Those are and they so were cool. sort of available. So there's the Ottawa Rough Riders. Oh, the Baltimore Colts before Colts was a dirty word it because it? the NFL you can't call it that. So they were just called the CFLers for the rest of that year yeah. before becoming the Stallions. Ah, uh, we did talk about the Las Vegas Posse. Of course, yes. Um, That's so with an O, right? Miners. Right. What's that? That's Posse with an O, right? That's right. Just making sure. Okay. <laughs> oh. Fancy. Uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of duplicates in here. I don't believe there's any Edmonton ones. Saskatchewan Rough Riders, ah, BC Lions. That's a nice one. And then, of course, the League. I do like the League one. The League one's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are going to be available. And then last, but certainly not least, is a, a lovely plaque that came out in 71, 72. Each team had them. Uh, they looked really sharp. I don't know if you can hopefully oh, see that. Oh, yeah. God, I love that. Yeah, it's so nice. So that looks like it's copper, but it's just plastic, sort of hollow plastic, but it's fronted on this uh, simulation wood grain, uh, and just absolutely stunning. Um, I've seen these pieces come around once or twice. Uh, the last set came out, it had every team except Edmonton, uh, so now there's a piece <laughs> of an Edmonton there if somebody wants to own that. So. Man, that one's awesome. That, that looks one. so good on my wall. Wouldn't it? Look yeah. at that oh, blue, that blue with the, that, like, bronze, oh, like, oh, oh, it would right, look good. There's yeah. an opportunity right there. there. <laughs> there's, yeah. Hey, and how would Commissioner get a hold of you if she was looking to find out where to buy some of these wonderful items, Superfan? <laughs> it may not be available by the time the show's over. Wow, uh, you look just at that. hold of me at 56 Parkies. Uh, and again, I'll be posting pictures and I'll be retweeting it from that account uh, from the at Edmonton history. That's E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. Fantastic. Two excellent segments this evening. Uh, Superfan, are you going to bring a few more things uh, to show there next week then? Or are we just going to kind of do this for a few weeks? Yeah, we'll sort of see how it's going to go. Uh, someone named J.R. Havanka says, fight for it, Kayla. Okay. Um, <laughs> That'd be my mom. That was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Oh. And she probably knew it was Tremaine. Okay, good. <laughs> the J's are ganging up. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Boy, that was funny. Yeah, so what I'll be uh, getting a hold of Linda once we sell some of this. Uh, she's got a few other things. Um, she's got some candy dishes from Saskatchewan Rough Riders from 66 and 67, which are apparently highly sought after by Saskatchewan fans. So I've got a couple people that have already been messaging me interested in that. Uh, so, yeah, lots of really cool stuff, and we'll be getting more in the future. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, we should take this moment to say we went to uh, the uh, Celebration of Life for Brian yes. on the weekend. Um uh, I don't know about you, but I, it was really, really touching for me um, and exactly what uh, would have been perfect for Brian. And uh, yes. I thought Linda and Paul, uh, all the uh, MCs, everybody did an amazing job and uh, and really delivered what 
Brian was about and uh, and really, really made me kind of miss our friend, but at the same time, uh, enjoy uh, the memories of him. And I thought it was amazing. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. it's somewhere out on YouTube at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Linda being a playwright and Brian being so supportive of her burgeoning playwriting career um, decided to make the whole thing like a play. So she had yeah. people come from Brian's favorite play, which was called True Grid. Uh, it was actually about going to football games and the camaraderie, more about the fans than the, the sport itself, just all the traditions and superstitions and everything else. So they came out, they said a few lines from it, and the entire thing was done like a play. It was absolutely perfect. Uh, there was a lot of tears, but certainly a lot of laughs as well. And it was, uh, I think, like you say, absolutely perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, all right, let's get to our pickums here before we uh, wrap up for this week. Um, so uh, we've got a few games on the schedule, and we do uh, have an Elks prop bet that we will have to get to for tomorrow night's game, of course. Uh, so first, though, we will start with the Friday night game, uh, Winnipeg versus BC. This one is in BC. Commissioner, who you got? Hmm. Hmm. I feel like this is going to be a tough one. Because uh, be. Winnipeg's coming off a bye week, right? They sure are. And BC, I can't, I, okay, can I just like RIP my pickums last week? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Me too. That was my, so disgraceful. <laughs> I, I, I was horrible last week, so yeah. Um, Mike, weren't you just like one away from the flyover? Like I thought you did. I was. Well. Yeah, I know it was pretty close, yeah. I haven't been close to a flyover at all this year. I, like, I'd be lucky if a balloon sailed over my house this year. With <laughs> Oy. Yeah. And not the does, hot air kind. Like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a red balloon. Solitary red balloon. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, oh, golly me. Um, oh, language. I mean, <laughs> shut up. Mom's watching. <laughs> Did we say it at the same time, Mike? I think so. Yeah, yeah probably. That's good. Yeah. You guys suck. Um, <laughs> I, I just, you know what? The Bombers are just, how do you beat them right now? Honestly. How? how? Well, Toronto has. Yeah. Well, they're an Run anomaly. The just say that. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to change my mind and. But I'll say Bombers, but I feel like the Lions are going to pull one out. Ooh. But I'm still going to say the Bombers. Title of the podcast. I'm so conflicted right now. Yeah. No. Well, I'll say Bombers. All right. But I might change my mind. <laughs> fair. You reserve the right. Oh, yes. <laughs> Super fan? Yeah. Uh, Winnipeg coming off that by BC with that deflating loss at the end of the game last this week. Uh I, like Kayla's saying, I don't know how you're going to stop that juggernaut that is Winnipeg right now. I mean, someone sometime is going to beat them again, but it's not going to be BC this week. It's going to be the Bombers to win. Yeah, well, whatever I pick doesn't really matter because I'm usually wrong. Uh, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say that the way you beat the Bombers is with a running game and BC doesn't have one of those. So Bombers nope. win. Yeah, exactly. And I blame them for, you know, just saying, oh, we're going to have this guy. We're going to have Butler be the only running yes. back. And then they don't use him. They use Cooper. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Throwing off my fantasy. Not in a good way. 
That's why I lost <laughs> two points. Stupid, stupid guy. Anyway, um, next game is uh, our doubleheader on Saturday. The first early game is Montreal at Hamilton. This is in Hamilton. Super fan, who you got there? I'm taking Montreal in this one. Uh, I've just not been super impressed by um, the quarterback play in Hamilton lately. They've found ways to win, but yeah, I I don't know Montreal. They I won think against is... Ottawa. Like, come on. Yeah, it's like saying they won against us. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think Montreal, they did beat Calgary the week before. Well, wait, that doesn't matter. Cal- yeah. carry on. That also yeah. does not count. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think Montreal just sort of finds ways to win. They're very creative and they're very exciting to watch. It's sort of that riverboat gambler kind of mentality. And, and even watching them on the sidelines, they tend to get just really up. So I think that's going to carry them forward and, and they'll take one out at, uh, at the uh, donut box. Uh, I am going to say that Hamilton continues its streak at the donut box because that defense is playing lights out. And as much as I love Vernon Adams Jr., he forces balls where he shouldn't. Also title of the podcast, I understand, as I said that right. out loud. But still, it is... Uh, I, that defense is playing very well, and, and that's what's helping Hamilton. They're they're using the proper offense of the the short plays and the running, you know, little run plays to move down the field, and their defense is doing the rest of the work. And uh, as much as I, I think this could go either way, uh, Montreal just seems right now to find ways to shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's with penalties or with turnovers. So uh, I'll give Hamilton in their home field and uh, and keep uh, Coach O. Um, Oh, no. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. Well, Orlando. Stein. Yeah. Yeah. Orlando. Steinhauer. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Got, yeah. Right. Steinhauer. OS. Right. Whatever. Uh, he will continue <laughs> to be undefeated at home. Kayla. I say it's broken because I'm going to go and Mike <laughs> and I can't go against Vernon Adams and having Kahari down on the field again. I mean, I don't know. I just uh, have a good feeling about this one, but I always do. And I'm always wrong like you, Andrew. So. <laughs> well, but, um, one of us is finally yeah, going to be right. We can't both be wrong. That's well, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And Mike, like you said, they're just like creative and they're fun to watch. And, you know, Vernon Adams has been shooting himself in the foot, but they also went up against a really good team in Saskatchewan. No, no, that wasn't Saskatchewan. Was it? No, they Montreal? Saskatchewan played BC. Yeah. No, Montreal Last played week. Toronto. And lost oh, 30 right. 27. Yeah. Like I yeah. said, Toronto, though, is like the weird anomaly that like wins the most random games. Like they're so unpredictable, which is also fun. But yeah, I I want to see that streak broken. So I will go with my team. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, late game on Saturday is Saskatchewan at Calgary. Uh, this is in Calgary. I can say this as fast as possible. Yeah, riders are going to win. Go ahead, Kayla. This sucks, man. I have to do commissioner opposite on this game, but how do you even say that name and not like Which either one? of them? Which I know. exactly? Either one. Like, ew. But I'm commissioner opposite, so that should say. So I you're... can't pick Calgary. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. So. The other one. The other one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> the other one. None of us can say it. Okay, super fan. I think for this game, uh, for the first time, we're going to see the uh, Earth open up and swallow both teams. <laughs> <laughs> I think that way everyone leaves happy watching at home. 
Um, no. Uh, a cataclysmic. Alex- so, so Mike is betting on a cataclysmic event. Perfect. Yes. You got to have positives, right? That's right. Um, That's right. So, yeah. We'll have already played our game, so we'll be ahead in the standings. That's good. Right. Calgary has just not been good this year, and it's fantastic to see. Yes. Um, But unfortunately, that means the other team's going to win. Yeah, that's fair. Although it wouldn't actually, I think because Calgary's doing so bad this year, I wouldn't feel bad if they won. (laughs) I can feel like, okay, that's cool. That'd be kind of funny. Um, Mike, do you have like the three prop bets that uh, Kayla can pick one again, or do you have some options for a prop bet that we can go through? Oh, that's a good question. Um, let me think about it. Why don't you uh, go through the uh, our uh, sponsor? Let's do that. And, uh, when I come back, I will. Uh, I'll have something. You'll be all set. All right, here we go. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, which publishes curiosity-driven stories, topical newsletters, and locally-focused podcasts, all in the service of informing Edmontonians about their community. Want to start your day informed? Check out The Pulse, Taproot's new daily news briefing. The Pulse tells you what you need to know about Edmonton every weekday morning. You'll get a short, informative update about what's happening at City Hall, plus coverage of business, tech, food, the arts, and more. You also get a little bit of whimsy from features such as A Moment in History, Superfan's favorite segment, Chart of the Week, and the Friday Podcast Pick. Even better, it's free. Uh, sign up today at taprootedmonton.ca slash the pulse. That's taprootedmonton.ca slash the pulse. And I, just while we're on that topic, I would also recommend going to Taproot. They have an amazing tool to help you with the upcoming election. Um, it goes through some of the major topics, uh, kind of what is the viewpoints or kind of where things are going on it, uh, and then gives you a chance to answer the question on how you feel about it. And then it matches you with candidates, both in the mayoral and uh, councillor races and how many uh, answers you matched up with them. Um, I found it really, really helpful to go through and kind of know what some of the main topics are for the election. So I I highly recommend checking out uh, taproot.ca and see if we can uh, see if you can find that to help you out with uh, some of the election races that are coming up. Is that only specific to Edmonton? Uh, I only saw the Edmonton one, uh, but I, I so I haven't gone on to look to be honest. But I do know okay. that it's definitely the Edmonton one. But there, there might be others Check as well. Out. And uh, I know uh, Mr. Penguin had put his uh, his vote of confidence in that as well because he had put up uh, some of his results and things. So, um, but I, I really liked it. I thought it was pretty easy to do. It takes a little bit of time because you've got to read on some of these things that you might not know about. Um, but it, yeah, gave a really good indication of this is kind of who you line up with cool very neat yeah usually i don't have extras for our ad but that was that was a big one for me this week so that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's good all right super fan what do you got for us okay so we got three here we're gonna have uh sort of a good one a bad one and then we've got a, a write-in candidate so Ooh, awesome. uh, we're gonna start with uh interceptions thrown by edmondson after that last week we had uh a few interceptions thrown, so we'll see. Are we getting better? Or are we getting worse? Are we the same? Okay. Uh, the other one I thought was because there are two new quarterbacks facing us, yards thrown by any quarterback in Ottawa combined, <laughs> and then <Okay>. Tim Capper <laughs> decided to say crowd size in Ottawa, and he even had a line <laughs> plus or minus fifty five hundred. Oh my! Which one so are you, you going to pick, there, Kayla? 
I love you, Tim, but that third one, I can't out of like my, I just can't because yeah. I feel so bad. <laughs> we, lo- we love our mouchoir friends too much. Yes. And I feel so. like if I pick number one, that is just like tempting fate. That's fair. Fair. So we will do the combined quarterback throws. <laughs> Yard. Yards thrown. All right. Okay, so combined yeah. yards thrown by Ottawa quarterbacks. Yes, because we don't know if it's going to be Evans or, you know. That's so. fair. Okay, yeah. I just wasn't sure if we were including, like, all quarterbacks or just the Ottawa quarterbacks. Just so, the Ottawa ones. Just the Ottawa. So the last time that we played Ottawa, um, at the beginning of the year, they threw for a massive 71 yards. Yes. And this time they have two new quarterbacks that have never played a game in the CFL. And one is, seems to be more of a running guy. Right. Uh, let's put the line at, uh, let's go with 130.5. Oh, interesting. Combined passing yards. Yes. So basically passing yards by Ottawa. Passing yards by Ottawa. Exactly. Again, I feel like I'd be tempting fate. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. But I will remain the positive on our side and say under. Okay. Slightly under. Okay. Super fan. Um, the last time we played, uh, the, or the very first time we played, I think we didn't have uh, nearly the chemistry we have on defense. Mm, this is two brand new guys. We've got, uh, we've had some really good success at run at uh, pressuring the quarterback from our defensive line, and we've got a uh, a guy in Derek Moncrief who now is should be well settled into the playbook. This will be his, you know, he's, he had an auspicious start in his last game. It was okay. It wasn't great. But this week, I think he's going to show everyone why he was a all-Canadian Sam or cover linebacker. So I'm going to go under. Okay. Uh, I am going to go. We do not have film on these guys, and I'm not sure how. Again, they don't have film on me, but that doesn't That's mean I'd be throwing fair. a lot more. It's fair. It's fair. But when we've had these types of situations... They have uh, they have been tight. I see the Elks win, of course, but I I believe it will be slightly over, because in, in my mind I had them going for about 130 yards, so which well, I mean, under. or sorry, <laughs> 140 yards. Sorry, over, oh. just over. Yeah, that's what I had. So I figured they'd be up around there in that range. So that's where I figured they'll end up, but. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm being a little generous this evening in the lines, and uh, that's okay. It's always fun to have a little, be a little generous every now and again. I can, it is. Brazilian Ty's taking that line. It's the only line ever that he's taking under because he doesn't, he doesn't like bidding under, but he probably picked He does under. not. I guarantee you he's taking the under on that one, though. If you've listened to their podcast, I guarantee you he's taking the under. <laughs> so, right. Right. Um, all right. Well, this was a ton of fun. Thanks, guys. Um, it was. Let's uh, tell everybody where they can find everyone. Commissioner, where does everybody find you? On the Twitter at Duchess Lombardi. Perfect. And super fan, where does everybody find you and get in touch with you for all those wonderful items? 
Absolutely. So they'll be able to see pictures at EDM History. It's EDM H I S T O R E E. That account doesn't follow as many people, so it's hard to message me there. So just message me at 56 Parkies uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram. If you know me, you can find me on Facebook, but Twitter is kind of the way to go. So look for me there. And uh, if you're interested, let me know. There's no bids. It's just if you're interested, let me know. I'll figure out the price and uh, so take it or leave it. Okay. Sounds awesome. That's fantastic. And thanks for doing that. Uh, yeah. And I want to send another uh, shout out. Thank you to Janine for joining us from the Mouchoir podcast. Yes. Uh, it's at Mouchoir podcast. You can also find her at Ottawa J and you can find uh, Michaela at, at Shride. So make sure that you're following those wonderful gang as part of our uh, CFPN family. Uh, follow pay it forward with football. Um, get your spread kindness armbands because everyone should be spreading kindness right now that's what we need in the midst of everything else that's going on in this world uh spread kindness talk nicely to people all those types of things um lots of great shows of course coming out from the rest of the cfpn as well you can find those at cfpodnetwork.ca and check out all the great shows on the alberta podcast network at albertapodcastnetwork.com uh, join the huddle with us at the turf district you can find us on twitter facebook instagram uh, and of course anywhere that you find podcasts uh, make sure that you are sharing uh, sending uh, posting reviews letting us know what you think about the show uh, we want to like get, and subscribe uh, yeah absolutely like and subscribe uh, tell all your friends to subscribe because uh, we're we're getting close to uh, i think 100 subscribers on youtube so we have 99 subscribers oh i knew we were getting close so we're so help us get over that uh, mark it'd be kind of cool to someone here it could be the 100 oh we are there at 100 go. we are at a yeah breaking news yes that's wonderful <laughs> thank you super fan uh that's fantastic so let's shoot for 200 tell all your friends subscribe on uh, youtube join us on uh, monday night for a few laughs and uh, chat and talk about our teams and and the teams across the cfl we really appreciate that so uh we will be back next week as we uh wrap up the win over the red blacks and we will of course set up the next game against <laughs> winnipeg but we'll still talk about it uh yes we're yes, fine. We'll be fine it'll be good uh so version for janin commissioner kayla superfan mike i'm andrew remember you can't catch footballs with your face and we will absolutely talk to you next week <laughs>